You're listening to Running Around Charlotte, presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, the Queen City's premier road race experience. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Now, here are your hosts for Running Around Charlotte, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper. Well, if you are a triathlete who didn't spend a good amount of time on a swim team as a kid, summer league or year round, you probably dread the swimming part of a triathlon like I do. Well, you don't have to. There are programs around Charlotte that will help you gear up for that short but very important part of your triathlon or just give you a great activity to work out your running cramps and your overall muscle tone flexibility, and aerobic conditioning. Doug Miller runs Miller Swimming just for folks like you and me, runners and triathletes who need to work on their swimming technique and endurance. He's also a coach of the, Maho- the Mahogany Mermaids, which is a learn-to-swim program for minority women, a youth swim coach for aquatic team of Mecklenburg, director of the Charlotte Open Water Championships, and owner of Miller Aquatic Adventures. He's only got four jobs. I don't know how he does it. Just in case you prefer to do something besides swim when you hit the lake. And he runs us on the Running Around Charlotte podcast today. Doug, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you. And DC Lucchese is uh, on as well, and he's going to join the conversation today. DC, welcome. Yeah, I'm still trying to warm up from the pre-conversation about getting in 48-degree water, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keeping in mind, this is a podcast for runners, Doug. Tell us about your swimming story and any running you did as part of that. Um, well, my swimming story is probably, um, it's basically, I'm just a, I was a kid who loved um water um i can i can i can't ever remember not being able to swim um is probably the easiest way for me to answer the question of when people ask when i began i mean just as a tiny kid at age three or four um my parents wanted us to learn my brother and i to learn how to swim for for safety reasons um then i really took to it um and you know it just unfolded over the i swam as a as a kid competitively and then in high school and then in college um and then uh, sort of like a lot of college swimmers you get burned out on it and didn't return to it until you know i was an adult and then um been back at it ever since that's a lot of time in the water man (laughs) it's a lot of time in the water and like you said you know burnout aside you know it's like it's one of those things if if you love it you you end up gravitating back toward it uh what was the tipping point for you that said you know what i gotta come back to it but not only that i gotta i gotta spread the love um a couple points one at one point i was in my upper 20s and somebody had suggested i try a triathlon actually Mm -hmm. uh, which i did um and uh i just i got back in the water um with a weekly group that was getting ready for that and i really realized how much i missed it and um you know i just i had already realized by then that um i was kayaking and scuba diving and snorkeling and that i just really um love the water um so and and i think that, that i know this is a audience of runners my running really was um you know other than like having to run the mile in junior high where they make you you know <laughs> they yeah. test you on that and then 
uh, you'd have some dry land running in college where I could run, but I, I really am a water creature and not a land creature, which makes it a really neat relationship or with the, a lot of the triathletes I work with who are land creatures first. Well, Roger that. So we, we have, um, you know, we've always talked about cross training and, and especially for triathletes, um, you know, spending time working out in all three disciplines, bike, swim, run. And um, so training becomes a part of that, right? You, you do your mm-hmm. bricks or, or uh, swim and, and run. And so each can help the other. How can swimming help runners? If, if people who are tuning into this say, well, I'm really a runner and I, I just don't have a desire to swim. How could you convince them that, hey, here's how swimming can help you and why it might be a good idea to give it a try? No, that's a great question. Um, I think the first and sometimes only thing that a lot of runners think about um, as far as swimming is that it's a good recovery activity. Um, you know, it's low impact um, and, and they might seek out the water after a particularly grueling weekend or training session. And while that is true, there's actually even more substantial benefits um, that runners can get from swimming. Um, you know, one is as you get older, there's only so many miles you can get in, um, you know, on land before the fatigue on your joints will really um, start to, to take its toll. Um, so by, by being comfortable in the pool, you can actually think of it as you're getting your miles in um, in the water. You know, you probably look at it as time, but um, you can actually just extend your training without the um, impact on your body. Um, so that's one thing. Another is that is often overlooked is that you're really, um, you can increase your aerobic capacity, um, more simply your lung capacity um, through swimming. Um, you know, while you want to get into a comfortable rhythm um, mm-hmm. in the pool, you're really stressing your lungs in that period, you know, in that you're underwater, you're, you're, um, so you're really increasing your lung capacity. Um, and the third thing I tell runners is that you're, you're also really strengthening your core. You know, if you can imagine when you're in a horizontal position in the water, you're really having to engage your core again, not complete tension, like you're mm-hmm. Houdini waiting to take a punch, to the gut. <laughs> but, but like you're engaged, you're pulling your belly button up into your spine. You're, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know runners need a strong core as well. Well, that's an interesting one. Yeah, sure. I mean, we talk about, talk about core and all that. Now that's something that I know is probably not a, a high concern for young people, uh, but you coach folks all up and down the age spectrum. Uh, what's the, what's the difference between, you know, coaching, you know, kids and young people and, you know, getting older, uh, you know, more mature folks who are, as you said, more accustomed to land and getting them, getting them their sea legs. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, as my footprint has grown, I suppose, with swimming in Charlotte, um, it's by coaching everyone from kids to adults to beginner swimmers to experienced swimmers, it's enabled me to see commonalities and differences, but to make different kinds of connections. Um, mm-hmm. What I see with competitive swimmers, um, the kids are have usually spent a lot of time in the water and they 
are very oriented toward faster times, better technique, more <laughs> focused training methods and, and, um, and whereas, and they've had hours and hours and weeks and years in the pool. And a lot of that is, believe it or not, unscripted time. Now, some of it really is a kid playing in the pool <laughs> as a child and they learn, they learn by mimicking, they learn by experimentation. And you can imagine mm -hmm. being a kid when you would leap around in the pool and they really have gotten a natural feel for the water. And, and I'll talk more about that in a second, because it's a really interesting concept. Adults who are coming, they're sort of, I call them adult onset swimmers. They're <laughs> late in life swimmers. While they may have played around in a pool setting, they often haven't had it in a more guided way, you know, on a swim team or something. <laughs> um, they, they don't have that natural feel for the water and they haven't had all that time of like guided discovery and experimental time so um that's really a difference that you see and you can overcome that with um technique and, and specific instruction but it, it, that's to me the the sort of commonality and differences between the two types of students you know you you mentioned a word right there technique and mm -hmm. the, the one thing is and i never took really official swim lessons i, I did a little bit at the YMCA when I was a kid, but, you know, from the time as middle school and high school and college, I just never did it, even in my adult life until I became an adult onset swimmer because I had to because of triathlon. <laughs> when I would have the opportunity to have someone coach me and give me some pointers on how to swim better, it was really about technique and it wasn't about um, as much about interval training and things like that as it was trying to to swim downhill, um, trying to, you know, catch, pull, and push through the entire swim stroke so that you're you're being as efficient as you can with with each rotation um, and you know the the tilt of your body and and how to to really come up and and get that air that we we need obviously so talk about the the technique and and really what makes an, a, a swimmer more efficient in the water versus just well if you go out and run hard and do some intervals and do some long runs or some long swims you know that's going to help you I, I think it's more about technique am i right oh absolutely and it sounds like you had a pretty good coach or some good instruction because you're the points that you were focusing on are, are spot on. Um, you know, it comes down to the fact that we're basically, obviously with some encouragement from, from parents, we were born, we, we learn how to walk um, on our own. And, but we are not, mm -hmm. we're land creatures. We're not water creatures. And, and people get frustrated or, or sometimes can't understand why it, it may be challenging at first to swim and they haven't had any instruction and none of us know how to swim. we have to you know with a rare exception um, we have to figure out how to move through this um, medium that's 800 times denser than air so you know i think you mentioned efficiency it's a twofold thing that the general idea is it's just as important to decrease your resistance as you move through the water as it is to increase your propulsion you know, you're slicing through this incredible, incredibly dense medium and you've got to do it 
as efficiently as possible. I like to tell the triathletes, you know, look at all the aerodynamic work you put in when you're riding your bicycle from that pointy helmet to, you know, I don't know, you're down in this position and you've got everything aerodynamically designed. Now you're talking about going through something 800 times more dense. You better believe efficiency and, and, and body position is super important. That's good. Is if there was if there was like one or two tips you could give somebody, what would you say to them? If they say, "Hey, I, I do swim, but I've never had any instruction." But you know, what's the low hanging fruit on how I can get uh, a little bit faster and a little bit more efficient in the water? What are what are the things that you try to teach um, in in your first couple of lessons with people? Well, um, I'll give you, a, it's a little tough just to talk it through, but I, I generally kind of describe what I've been talking to um, with you guys about as far as the important um, goals in swimming, which is to become, um, you know, decrease resistance, increase propulsion. But we always start with body position. Um, and then, believe it or not, we'll, we'll start with, uh, with head position, which, you know, your head is this 15-pound weight, essentially, you know, and, and it really matters where your head is as far as directing the rest of your body. So we always start with body position. And rather than get into details of specific drills and things that we work on, mm -hmm. uh, we always wind up with when we try to lengthen our strokes and get more long in the water, um, uh, we'll wind up counting strokes. And often we'll I'll count how many strokes it will take somebody to get down the pool, even without them knowing it when they start. And then we go through a series of drills and progressions. And then at the end, we'll count their strokes again. And inevitably it's taking fewer strokes to cover the same distance, which is, you know, de by definition, what efficiency is. Um, I think a lot of people, if you ask them and you said, who, who takes more strokes to get down the length of a pool, Michael Phelps or an average guy on the street. Some people might erroneously think, well, Michael Phelps does because he's faster. And he's, it's like, no, he takes exponentially fewer strokes to get down mm -hmm. a pool than the average person walking down the street because he's this incredibly efficient and powerful creature. That is awesome. Uh, and and if, away from efficiency and, and stroke counts and all that stuff, I, mean, I want to get back to something we talked about in the introduction here. Uh, I mean, as Tim said, you've only got four jobs related to swimming. So let me touch on another one. <laughs> uh, the mahogany mermaids loving the idea of, you know, of more people of color in the water. Uh, how did you get involved with that program? And tell us a little bit about it. Sure. And I should just correct from the introduction. I'm really sort of just a partner with the mermaids. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, um, Nadine Ford is their head coach and, and founder. And, but I definitely am involved with them on deck and, and, and helping, uh, helping them in their, mm -hmm. in their goals. Um, really, you know, I think sometimes people talk about um, diversity in the sport, but really to me, it's more mm -hmm. about being inclusive. And I think, uh, I think, uh, a couple of the women had just come to some of my um, group lessons slash practices and um, liked them. And then um, as they went on to become a master's swim program, and most of them are pretty accomplished swimmers, they do have an adult learn to swim program that they offer too. Mm -hmm. um, I just kind of came along with them, uh, joined them on their journey. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, I've known Nadine for a long time. Uh, she's good people too. So if you guys are yeah. hanging out together, then that speaks volumes. <laughs> <laughs> that speaks volumes, that's for sure. Um, now, and one of the other things uh, that I hear all the time uh, from folks who uh, regularly swim or even try to regularly swim is there is such a lack of water and opportunity to get into it uh, in Charlotte and Mecklenburg County. Is that fair or accurate or off the mark? No, I think that's on the mark. You know, Charlotte has such a robust swimming community, um, you know, largely from mm -hmm. the youth um, swimming clubs, including mm -hmm. aquatic team of Mecklen Mecklenburg, where yeah. I coach now, too. But there's other many other clubs in town and um, there it is limited. Uh, we have limited pool space. We definitely um, right. could use more. Um, I think, and then with COVID, obviously, that's really um, exacerbated the situation with uh, with the good limits on, you know, how many people can be in the pool at a time. But that's really um, restricted um, pool time. Well, and that's an excellent segue to my next question about, uh, well, if there ain't no pool, the lake or the river is never closed for, for all intents and purposes. Do you think that something like this has uh, is going to give uh, a rise or an opportunity uh, for a rise in interest and participation in open water swimming? Hey, you, you couldn't be more correct. I would say 2020 um, has seen the biggest boom in open water swimming in Charlotte than any time um, since I've been here for about 20 mm -hmm. years. Um, it really you know, all outdoor activities really spiked, you know, amid when the, the pandemic struck, right. understandably, it's a, you know, a more safe activity you can do outside biking, running, you know, swimming mm -hmm. outdoors. But, um, you know, just from firsthand leading groups out to places on the river to sort of opening their eyes to new sections outside where you could swim, it's been a huge boom in open water swimming. Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing stuff. Tim, you don't do much open water swimming, do you? Uh, you know, I I did more open water swimming as a kid. Uh, where I grew up, there were you know plenty of lakes and rivers and streams, and you know I, I'll, I'll just say this isn't a say. I'm probably lucky I didn't kill myself. Uh, you know, jumping off bridges and stuff like that when I was a kid uh, into water that you can't really see what's down there. But it was you know, my mom used to say. Well, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? And I'm like, yeah, we've done that, you know. So, uh, but you know, I had a blast as a kid swimming, and um, you know, it's different. That's you know, air quote swimming. Um, you're just having fun in the water. But that was just a part of growing up, is spending time in the water as a kid. Um, and you know, I I really did enjoy um, the opportunity to to learn how to swim. Mm -hmm more efficiently and proper technique and stroke and things like that. And you're right about the, the stroke count. I mean, that's a big part of teaching people to be more efficient in the water that, you know, the thing that I always struggled with is I, I was, uh, you know, just getting out of the water and being able to um, um, bike and breathe as I want to breathe. And I think the challenge for most people first in the water is just, you can't breathe when you want to breathe. You you gotta, you gotta do it on, on one of your turns and rotations and as your as your body moves and you know whether you do it every two strokes three strokes or four strokes it's still a controlled breathing mm -hmm. and i think that's uh maybe where some of that benefit comes for us runners is trying to control the breathing and not get too too out of control with 
um, how we're running or or how we're biking. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, I have many times had somebody say, um, I can run a marathon. Why am I out of breath after two lengths of the pool? Um, and, and, Fair point. and, and that's a good yeah. question. And often they're, they're, they're inhaling and they're never exhaling. They're inhaling <laughs> and they're, and, uh, so there are some small fixes, mm -hmm. but in the, even after you get into a proper, um, rhythm of breathing and understand the technique that still will help people's lung capacity for sure. Hey, back. I was going to yeah. mention too, on the, on, uh, you were talking about growing mm -hmm. up as a kid and swimming in, in open water one one uh, just as it, just as there's limited pool space in charlotte um uh, open water access is actually very limited to uh in charlotte i think what i've seen and, and read is that if you think about the shoreline of of, of lake norman and our waterways on the mm -hmm. catawba yeah. um probably the least amount of public access although Duke has increased recreational access at certain locations compared to places like Michigan, where the entire shoreline is considered public. Um, we do have a very not a, a limited access to the, the lakes and the rivers here. Fair point. Yeah, I, Fair I, point. I, I really, that where I grew up in Wisconsin and for, for those of you at home, like every lake had a public beach. And it was just, and, and that's the thing that I am wishful that there would be more uh, public beach access um, in the county, especially because we have so much water and, uh, you know, so, so much shoreline, as you call it. And, and I'm not, not sure the reason why, maybe it's liability, maybe there's something else, but, um, you know, it, it would just seem to me that um, more, more, <laughs> beach access, if you will, or, or water access for people to have that water recreation and an ability to swim and, and practice. So, um, I don't know, I don't know what that's going to take, but, um, maybe that changes. I, I know it's loosened up a little bit lately, but, um, anyway, how, how can folks get a, get a hold of you if they want to, uh, chat, ask you questions, maybe, uh, take you up on uh, some swim lessons or, or whatever? How, how do we get in touch with you? Sure. The easiest way is go to my website, which is just, it's simply millerswimming.com. So www.millerswimming.com. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram at, under the same thing, Miller Swimming. Um, and, uh, you know, I've got my phone number on there. And, you know, I'd love to talk to anybody who, um, you know, needs instruction or just wants some advice about races or anything like that. Um, like I was, I think saying there before we started all of this, I probably, you it will be hard to find somebody who loves swimming in the water in Charlotte more than me. <laughs> well, that's all. Awesome, we and, and we really appreciate you coming on running around Charlotte and, uh, we we're not going to name it swimming around Charlotte yet, but, uh, that might come up in the future. And if so, uh, you'll get full credit for it. That sounds great. Thank you very much for joining us, Doug. We really appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Enjoyed it. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. 
Registration for the November 16th Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, Half Marathon, Relay, 5K, and One Mile events is available now at runcharlotte.com. Running Around Charlotte with your host, Tim Rhodes and Jeffrey Cooper, is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. Listen for new episodes of Running Around Charlotte, released every week.